0: Hello and welcome. I'm Joel Martin, the host of the Morning Bell podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this first podcast of 2016. Now the guest for this episode is Neil Renneson, the creative director of Ten Man Games. Neil has been working in the games industry for 15 years and has been involved in the development of over 30 games and eventually started on a new journey with his then-newly-formed independent company, Tenman Man Games. To date, they have released over 25 digital gamebook apps for iOS, Android, PC, and Linux, and have developed titles based on their own IP and on licenses such as Fighting Fantasy, Warhammer, and more. In this episode, Lucas, Neil, and I chat about the problem with names, how Lord of the Rings has influenced most of current fantasy perceptions, and then we chat about Rick and Morty, Troll Hunter, Penny Dreadful, and the recent Shinara Chronicles. The topic for this episode is focused on the idea of interactive fiction and its evolution, primarily within gamebooks and the limitations of choice for the reader or player. As you might be able to tell in this episode, I laugh quite a bit, and hopefully you'll enjoy it just as much. If you have any questions for us in future episodes, please email me at the address mailbox at thepenofjoel.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to the Morning Bell podcast and to the first podcast of 2016. Now, you would think Luke, being the responsible co-host that he is, would actually be here. Guess again. Lucas, Hi. welcome to the show.
1: Hi. Where is Luke?
0: Um, I, I don't know. I think he's off in... Bulgaria Russia oh, or Spain gala- or... he's gallivanting again, is he? He probably isn't, but I'm just saying that, really. Oh, you,
1: so he's not just, like, at work or something, <laughs> being pro- busy? He probably is quite busy. Writing a
0: novel, whatever. That's all right. We'll give him a hard time on the next podcast. Okay. It's fine. But happy to have you, Lucas. You totally want a replacement. Yay. It was always planned.
1: I'm always the backup. There you go. <laughs> so,
0: it's not... It's a rotating cast. It's a... Rot-
1: sure. Well, if this happens more often, maybe... That's right. We can call it that.
0: You can get away with it.
1: Ro- ro- one person is rotating, really. hmm That's fair. Sometimes we're both here.
0: Yes, and uh, but- maybe a surprise announcement is that, hopefully, we're going to be seeing more people in the uh, the co-host chair in Ooh. the
1: future. You mean we're going to buy another chair? I don't know. We need another microphone, too. It's a whole thing.
0: Uh, no. We'll just be replacing you again. That's how it goes, Lucas. So how's your week been? What have you been up to? What
1: have I been up to? hmm I've tried to work. There you go. I tried. I didn't mean, I'm not very successful. Yep. i I I guess I took creative creative work a long <laughs> break. Yep. But now I'm back vaguely mm-hmm. with a book full of um not full of Starting to fill up with notes that I haven't followed through with, that's usually how it goes. And then and then eventually something sticks.
0: Is this the long awaited sequel for A Day at the Park?
1: No one is awaiting for a sequel <laughs> for a day at the park. Hey, I am. I am. Ah, uh it's a, um it's a secret. No wait. It's a secret. It's a secret. Top Secret Project.
0: Top Secret Project. There oh, you, you go. You know more about it Well, you can. When I figure out what it is. Well, you can buy A Day at the Park on Amazon, published yeah. by Overdog Press, and you oh, should.
1: get in the plug in early. Totally do not, that. I'm not
0: leaving it for the end. <laughs> um, no. But we'll leave space for your shout outs at the end. Yeah. And thank you for joining us. Um, our guest, as usual, um, we have. On each podcast. And today we decided to do things a little bit differently, bring on someone from a related industry, but someone who can speak about topics that are related to narrative and such like. So, Neil Renison, welcome to the Hello. podcast. Thanks for having me. Did I mangle your last name or? All no, good? Renison's good. Renison? Yeah. Fantastic.
2: Yeah, sometimes when I'm writing it, I write Renison Snow because I'm writing it quickly and I still do it. I've been doing
0: it for. Really? Yeah, I'm 40 years old now and I still do it. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, sometimes. You know, whenever they say that writing your own name becomes really easy as you get on, the weird thing is Joel, J-O-E-L. I always just miss out the E in my name. Joel. Joel, yeah. Nice. It's very awkward. The weirdest thing is um, my dad's name. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, Spoilers for your <laughs> life? I guess. My dad's name is Martin Martin, it right? It's amazing. It It is amazing. It's very odd. <laughs>
2: So And the parents were thinking I, oh, exactly? who knows <laughs> <laughs>
0: who knows? There are plenty of jokes to be <laughs> had at his expense that I have made. But um sometimes when I'm like, you know, planning out a certain uh, speech or doing anything or filling out forms, because I've got that name in my head, I type in Joel Joel just out of instinct.
2: I think that's good. It sounds like a DJ name.
0: It is not <laughs> Joel Joel. <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's I horrifying
1: your dad's name is martin martin there you go uh, I <laughs> remember
0: sorry <laughs> dad you're probably not listening to this but it's okay <laughs> no one will tell you martin squared <laughs> martin squared that's right neil how has your week been
2: um oh it's been pretty stressful really mm-hmm. so part of running a small indie company is that you end up having to wear many hats and Sometimes you end up doing the things that aren't the fun bits and this week I've been doing the non-fun bits which is basically working out royalties for all our writers and contributors that work on our products across multiple different platforms that we sell them on. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I've been head in spreadsheets. So, But next week I get to do game designing. The fun stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully <laughs> if I get done by Friday. Yep. So <laughs> this is the business side <laughs> of running a business. It is. It's sounds normal. horrifying. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, everybody in the office, they, they know when I'm in that zone because I, I get a bit grumpy. Do you know what's
1: a key? And this is for everyone a key to having minimal sides on that business side is to have a product or a company that doesn't make any money at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
1: then it's minimal.
0: And then it's minimal. And then you won't have I a I don't company do much at all long. for the morning bell. <laughs> there you go. Because
1: <laughs> we don't make any money.
0: <laughs> Can we say it's a non for profit organization? I though? think we've made this joke before. Yeah. Okay, what what is actually the um what's the criteria for applying for a non-profit organization? There you go. Helping people. I think we help people understand literature, don't we? Except Hel- when we talk about Star Wars for yeah. an hour and a half. Helping people better Ooh, <laughs> like can we do something pe- <laughs> helping sick people helping sick people and
3: stuff. There you go. can
0: with the healing power of books, I don't know. We can't. <laughs> can we do something like, you know, it, you know how this uh uh, what is it called? Wellness. Um, oh, I forget. Mindfulness. Mindfulness. There you go. <laughs> Wellness. There you go. Um, can't we do something with liter- literature in that? Literature. Repeat. Well, J.R.R. Tolkien. Three times and then breathe in. We could do something like that, Lucas. can be ASMR, isn't it? Yeah.
1: We need something to color into. <laughs>
3: <laughs> A map of Middle Earth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a um, bit intense, though, don't you think? That's, that's pretty big. It's supposed to be relaxing. That's a little, you know, little I,
0: finicky. Yeah, it's a little finicky with the tons of um, mountains and stuff. You know, it was actually very funny. I was having a chat with a friend, uh, and he said, Tolkien, for all his brilliance, when it came to names, like he invented language, like elven language and all this kind of thing, right? But when it came to names, yeah. let's face it, Mount Doom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mount Doom's a great name. It's it it says everything it's 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 for Doom. Um, <laughs> middle earth is in the middle. Yep. There you Hobbiton go. has hobbits. Yep. Etc. It's uh where else is there? I think the rest of the places have good Yeah, fantasy names. More fantasy, more names, fantasy right? names. It's a was not like they called Saron Mr. Doom or anything.
0: Well, no, but the, 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 you have Sauron. You've got that problem as well because it's your two major villains in your series is Sauron and Saruman. Like, mm. come on, just pick pick another letter in the alphabet. And <laughs> make life easier for the rest of us. Yeah, I guess so. We actually had a, a
2: product we're working on at the minute and the bad guy, his his surname begins with Z. Z? Um, Z. And, uh, uh, yeah, we in wanted to introduce a new character and we, so we suggested this new character. We also had... The first letter beginning with Zed, and the uh, the license holder politely wrote back and said, can we have something else other than Zed, please? <laughs> so um, we're actually doing a poll on our Facebook page to try and name this character in the next week or so.
0: There you go. It's tough. Sometimes you just have a name that just works so well, but you realize that another character is just too similar yeah. to that, and you just can't make it work.
1: I usually go with just plain names for, for characters. I mean, I don't write fantasy or anything, Yeah, but so I I guess it's easy for me. It's like, what's that guy called? He's called Paul. <laughs> yeah, and that is John, and that is Rachel. It's, yeah, you can it's get it's away with that, right? Me.
0: It's good. The problem with fantasies is like there's two ways of writing a fantasy names. You can go with the whole like I'm going to reference ancient Greek, you know, literature and the names in that period or Roman names like Marcellus and you know, uh, Antony and all that kind of stuff, right? And people are like that's cool, but then you like and you know, Gabrigal from the mountain of. Oh, I can make up well, new names. Trying.
2: Basically. Or you can go to the fantasy
0: name generator <laughs> on the internet, which
2: is lots of fun. Which even breaks it down into subdivisions it does. of Warcraft and
0: I've seen it. It's
2: scary. It's scary
0: good. Yeah. yeah it's scary because the, the temptation as a writer to use that <laughs> is great.
2: I've never used that, ever. <laughs>
1: of course. <laughs> I, would, I would still call my fantasy characters, John, you yeah, know. But you see, They're as soon different. as you do that... It's it's out of... It's like, kind of take you out a bit. And John, the sorcerer, I guess...
0: Yeah, and then you know exactly what kind of humor, like, you,
1: you know. Yeah, exactly. Only humor books. And I'm thinking one recently, one I read called Off, Off to Be the Wizard mm. by Scott Meyer. And I believe that Grand Wizard's name was Martin. And they all had that because they were all from the modern time it was a humor book in it and and that worked
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: but you know yeah if you're doing a th- real p- fantasy you don't want you don't want steve you I- want Goga go get from from <laughs> world yeah and
0: sometimes you can take it seriously and other times you're like wow that's actually that's a pretty good name uh the thing with um what is it dune right like mm-hmm. i guess they can get away with it because it's science fiction but like paul Hmm. His name's Atreides. Paul. Yeah,
1: yeah but sci- uh, science fiction. I mean, it's still based usually based in something something resembling our world, Western world. Yeah. Western yeah. world. West. So yeah. there are Pauls, and the, the aliens and aren't John Pol- Carter. Yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. the aliens aren't called Paul, are they? No, they no. are not. No, the aliens get the fancy names, and That's the humans true. is Paul.
0: I think, uh, yeah, I think science fiction can get away with names more than fantasy because if you do fantasy, people will accuse you of being a Tolkien ripoff, which is fun.
2: What? Well, but most fantasy <laughs> originates derives. Yeah, from, from modern
0: that. fantasy today is basically the you know the grandchildren of Tolkien yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um,
2: and then you have, I mean, the, the the issue then is then you have the D and D era of the seventies and eighties, which then tropes everything. Of course. So yep. all of a sudden there's giant rats and yeah. animated skeletons running around. And, and then, yeah, yeah, we get fantasy for the next <laughs> 200 years. <laughs> and I love it. it, uh,
0: it's, it I, was, I was having a conversation and I was saying that there is a, and we're going a little bit in-depth here, but why not? There's a, there's a break where you can, you want to always keep your readers uh, safe, uh, where when you introduce them to a world, you never really want to make it too alien from what they're used to because then they become frustrated with the material and cannot wrap their head around it. And so, therefore, stop reading uh, or don't buy your book. And then there's the other side of making it so... Um, I forget the name. I forget the word that I'm trying to use here, but it becomes so... Um, it, it Basically... Kind of dry or... It's too referential, I guess, to the to the works that have come before. Yeah, and um, basically, you need to have read fantasy before to understand what's going on. Yeah, exactly. It's like, and here are elves. You know, elves exactly. And, and this is the thing that I was having a problem with because I'm I'm just going through uh, a series of um, books recommended, and they were saying like, you should read this and, and see what you think of it. And I read as uh, dwarves is the series by Marcus Heights. Um, I've been putting off reading it because, well, dwarves as a race don't necessarily interest me very much. But I thought, hey, I'd, I'd like to see what they do. Maybe reinvent um, a little bit. And though I hate commenting on something that I haven't finished, because mm. your gut reactions aren't often the how far most accurate. into it are What, like fifty percent way through of what the series of the book? First book. Um, oh, okay. Fair enough. So you know, reserve Common. Yeah, it's it's. I guess I can give like general uh, mm. what I think of the book, mm. and I think. It feels like, and and this is not a um, derision against the book, but for me anyway, it feels as if the book was designed uh, to fill the gap in the lonely hearts of Tolkien fans, where when they finish reading everything by Tolkien, they're like, man, Mm -hmm. I just want to read more of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they read dwarves. Because pretty much everything operates on the same principle. Dwarves mine, Mm -hmm. they hate elves, uh, you know, they're greedy for gold. Mm -hmm. They are Tolkien. But it depends.
1: Hey, how, how was it set up? Was it assumed they hate uh, What was it all assumed? It's like they. And then they swore at the elves. You know they hate elves, right? They do. <laughs> yeah,
0: it was. It was given to you in a lot of exposition. Like there's mm. there's big chunks of exposition in this book. A lot of mm. telling. Um, and it's and it it, it it basically sets the scene very early. It's like, well, I'm Tolkien, <laughs> mm. and, and this is my and this is the world. And perhaps it differentiates itself more in 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 the books that follow after, mm. but. For now, it's, it's a little too samey for me to, mm. to get into it, I think. It's but
2: amazing. I read The Silmarillion for the first time just a few months ago. Fantastic book. And I've been planning to read it all my life. Yep. And, and eventually, um, I thought, this is it. Mm-hmm. I'm going for it. And I went for it, and I did it. And um, it's, the amazing thing about that book is that it doesn't like, because the, you know, the first half of the book is all about you know the elves, yeah. the coming of the elves, and it doesn't actually. I don't think. I mean, I could be wrong. It doesn't actually describe what an elf is at all. Yeah. All it, all it describes is these beings that, mm-hmm. that do this thing, and, and and you only feel a difference when you suddenly start meeting men. Yeah. Or the humans, um, because and then that then you feel the difference between them because the the, the humans are a are, are very earthy and yeah. very described in in a certain way, and you suddenly realize that the elves. Are this mystical mm. thing essence? They're they're almost godlike. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that was lovely to read. That was lovely to read. That at my time in life when mm. I've done lots of fantasy and I'm, I work in fantasy yeah, all the time, yeah. because it was a real breath, breath of fresh air. It was it was yeah, lovely, beautiful.
0: It's interesting because I think even though people um, uh, produce work that are very Tolkienized these days, the thing that I Love about Tolkien is not the surface elements of what he, wh- what Lord of the Rings is. It's all the stuff that like uh, goes into it, and and that's the idea why I like Tolkien. is He's a fantastic wordsmith. He doesn't have to give you concrete images. Uh, he gives you um, very. Ethereal images of what you might think it is, right? He doesn't actually tell you what they are. And a lot of our perception of what Tolkien's work is now, it's influenced by the films, and then we just can't get those Probably images. Probably
1: set of another way that this, kind yeah, of, that that kind of very Tolkien esque fantasy because, because that it was basically a whole other way fantasy stemmed from from the movies, mm. yeah. And then, of course, then with that, you do have that concrete image, you know. And the dwarves are Orlando Bloom, and the hobbits have, you know... Did you say areas. the dwarves are Orlando Bloom? I said elves. didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, the dwarves Twi- are a... See, that's the, the, the twist. That's the That twist. could be the twist. See? But I'm pretty
0: sure I said elves. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that was good. I'll keep this in the podcast. No editing required. It was very good, though. You see, I have
2: a bit of a bone to pick with the movies. Is that Because I, I read Lord of the Rings mm. when I was a, a young teenager. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in... um. Uh, Buckinghamshire mm. on the Buckinghamshire Oxfordshire border in the, in England and Tolkien was a Oxford University professor who lived just down the road and a lot of Lord of the Rings is sort of it's based on that kind of English countryside and so I used to be on my bike and I'd be cycling down the little country village mm-hmm. lanes and there'd be hedgerows and trees and there was a little scary forest that was near us um, and I used to cycle through there and it was very and I used to imagine that it's a landscape in the yeah. book yeah. and then all of a sudden it's New Zealand it's New Zealand <laughs> and, it's, and that's fine because New Zealand's a very beautiful country and I love it but it's almost too much like a, an advert for New Zealand rather than the Middle Earth. I it's
1: worked yeah. pretty well as an advert for New Zealand.
0: Well, I'm, I can't complain. I'm am a Kiwi myself, so that's like big tick for me. But Isn't I know it? exactly what you mean, and yeah. that is true. It's probably yeah, New a bit Zealand
1: like, is yeah. Middle Earth. They have the whole. Oh, they do have yeah. those too. Is it stole
2: it from England. <laughs> it really did. But you see, an oak for a forest full of oak trees has a certain. Like I've been like mm. when you, if you, if it's dusk in England and you're in an oak forest that place is alive. Yeah. It's kind of like the creaking and, the, and there is a, an essence to it that, you know, when I read Tolkien, I just, you know, oozes that kind of mm. thing. Um, and I, I've not really been to New Zealand properly, so I can't really say this, whether New Zealand has the same thing, but...
0: Yeah, it's... Know. Well, I, I suppose when I... Well, um, I haven't been to England, so this is like... <laughs> I guess we need to fill in the blanks. Fight. Yeah. Yeah. round one. <laughs> well, we have friends you either. don't, so I win, pretty much. And we got like, flightless kiwi birds, so like... Totally. Um, the thing about that I find interesting is that even in like um, Shakespeare, in really, um, *A Midsummer Night's Dream*, and the way he describes a forest, it's a very—it's not a negative, but it's a very um, oppressive. You know, it's the mm-hmm. idea of that a, f- a forest is dark and you never know what's around the corner, and it's got this sense of uh, dread. Um, and I think when you were describing the oaks, it's like. I clicked, you know. That totally makes sense to an English forest, mm. and perhaps that wasn't. Oh, I guess we got CGI for it though, in a wetter workshop. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. um, but, but still, yeah, I, I can see. Everything that also just felt with, a bit too lush. Yes, there's
2: something quite dowdy and a bit overgrown about England. Yeah, like it's a bit rough it's and ready. The, it's the
0: old
1: world. It's yeah. also a logistics thing. How much space? How much space is there in England to film? A I don't know. Fantasy
0: I, epic. I, I think you could. I certainly think you could. If you can film it in Croatia, Solomon can, can, uh, can be filmed in Croatia. Um, yeah, I think you could make it in Oh, I'm yeah.
2: glad they filmed it in New Zealand because I think it's, uh, you know... It's a, oh, yeah, it
0: looks great. So it's But the done. weirdest thing, and I know we're going on way too long about this, but still I keep going, is that recently Terry Brooks, um, he wrote the Sword of Shannara and mm. that series, mm. and they were, they were filming... Like a TV show. Yeah, know, that, right? the Shannara Chronicles on MTV, who right. knows? It's on MTV. But um, <laughs> so uh, M- MTV decided to produce their first fantasy show, and they did. And I was doing some research, and I found it was filmed in New Zealand. Mm. And I sort of scratched my head for that moment, and I thought, and I think um, Aragon was filmed in Canada and New Zealand, if I'm not mistaken. So, in many ways, I feel like fantasy is New Zealand now, mm-hmm. which is a little bit sad um, because.
1: We're New Zealand.
0: It's it's good for New Zealand, but and I've got no problem. I mean, I'd, I mean just for the go Kiwis, but like the, for the for the for the tourism is probably uh, what fantastic am I
1: to say? money for the monies because they got to give them monies.
0: Yeah, well, the New Zealand's got to make money somehow, um, and in, in Solomon Kane, uh, Robert E. Howard's work basically, and I've talked about this on the podcast multiple times, but the film was filmed in Croatia and not in England, and again. That's a thing that was deeply embedded in Solomon Cain is you know the dour setting of a Devon um, landscape. I'm mm.
1: saying Croatia isn't dour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it, it's got the rain, which looks great and all in the cinematography, but I wonder if that's just like... It's a bit of... Uh, there's something lost when you take it out of the setting that it was intended for.
1: Is it just... Mm. Okay. I guess that is where it's places filmed. I mean, sometimes it's logistics. I know it's a bit... I don't know. It'd be trivia. The lace Mad Max film. I was just about to mention. You know, not filmed in Australia. Filmed in Namibia, because for the first time in how many of the years, where they were filming, it rained and there was flowers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so Wouldn't it didn't look. look it, did, it didn't look like a desert. So they had yeah, at great expense to have to move everything over to somewhere that actually looked like a desert. Really. I didn't yeah. even know the story. It I wasn't, it just was, decided to... It wasn't like, it. hey, so we got this, this Australian classic, yeah? Come so in, Namibia. <laughs> well, obviously, no. They, uh, they they planned on filming it in the Australian desert. Wow. And then... It rained. And then it rained. And it just, pff, I'm sure it would have looked lovely, but not the post-apocalyptic wasteland that was required. For yeah, too many flowers
0: for those angry-looking guys.
1: <laughs> really, one flower is too many flowers for them. I this agree. Setting... <laughs>
0: Unless it's a very interesting postmodern shot where they like a character dies, and then you pan down, you see a flower flower left in the world, (laughs) and they just
1: someone steps on it. Yeah, that's right. It's the ice. No, someone runs it over with a motorbike and then sets it on fire.
0: And then you got the Mad Max title, you know, shows up on screen. Let's move swiftly on from a very elongated (laughs) intro, Uh, but it was interesting. Um and talk about film, TV, and theater that we have watched during the week. Now, I know what you're all thinking, and that is probably we are going to spend two episodes talking about Star Wars because that's what we did on the last show of last year. Now, to clarify, the reason we did that last year is because I had never seen a Star Wars film in my life. It was something that I wasn't didn't grow up with American pop culture very much. I grew up with Westerns, Dean Martin, etc. So, it was a very weird moment when I watched the Star Wars films and realized that I didn't like... A lot of the last uh, episode, you basically, even though you came to it
1: later, had most of the same opinions of most people.
0: Pretty much. So you're like, "This is oh,
1: this is different," and I was just thinking, "Like, no, that's what we all think." Yeah. We know those prequel films aren't
0: very good. Pretty garbage. Uh, and the one thing that I didn't finish last year was that the the last of the original trilogy, which is episode six. Six. Um, and that no, was wait, the- hang on, of the original. Yeah, yeah six, six. And that was the Ewoks. Cheechoewa. Oh, my goodness. I was appalled. Appalled? I, I was appalled. It was not a very good ending, in my opinion. It was originally supposed to be a planet of Wookiees. That uh, would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, I
2: think for budget reasons, they couldn't, for whatever reason.
0: Really? Interesting. I, yeah, I was not a fan. Um, yeah,
1: and again, most people aren't. It's like, great movie. Not the best ending.
0: Yeah. Not great. The The weirdest thing about that was that throughout the entire thing, I always thought the Ewok spoke like an Indian dialect, and that made the entire thing hilarious for me. <laughs> so I couldn't watch that without a giant grin on my face and thinking it was the worst thing ever. However, um, I finished it, and I watched the um, latest film mm-hmm. that just came out of uh, The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. The reason I don't really want to talk about it too much this week is that basically next week's podcast is an analysis of the film and <laughs> what we think about the idea of popular media and you know uh, what do you think the film did and about J.J. J. Abrams and how he directed the film so we're not going to go into it too much today um, but we can definitely talk about it to a little extent I suppose
2: I just think now you've seen Return of the Jedi you need to watch Caravan of Courage
0: Car- I'll write, write it down yes Caravan it's,
2: the, the it's, oh, it's, it's not full of V-works is, no, is, is it is, a, is, a, is a
0: spoof movie or
2: just watch it okay <laughs> I
1: haven't seen it either, actually. Oh, well, there you go. I've 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 also been meaning (laughs) to watch the holiday special, but I don't know if (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that. I'll tweet at you when I
0: see it. Caravan of Courage. There you go.
1: Wait, Caravan of Courage? That's what I mentioned Andy called the thing, their tours when they go overseas. Really?
0: So that's a reference there, then. There you go. Well, there you go. Interesting. All right, now. Give it a shot. Uh, Okay.
2: Yeah. Down like, to one to ten.
0: Don't like is it?
2: <laughs> <to see> it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's fine. I watched. I watched terrible. So I don't. Given your reaction, I'm guessing it's probably not an entirely serious movie. But
2: uh, it felt very serious when I was a kid because I wanted more Star Wars. I'd okay. seen Return of the Jedi and I wanted more. And then Caravan of Courage came out, and I went down to the video shop mm-hmm. and um, yeah, rented out. And I thought it was brilliant at the time.
0: All right. I'll give it a shot and see what young Neil I'd put at, with the in <laughs> at the time
2: in inverted at the time. Don't There's clarify this much. just getting in the Nah.
1: Nah, all right. I'll give it a shot. But um, well, Zay, what have you been watching in the last week or two? I've so been that-
0: talking for way too long, so you start off.
1: All right. What have I been watching? I haven't actually. I have been. I did watch. I haven't been watching that many movies or what recently. What are you looking at, Joel?
0: Oh, nothing. Just continue.
1: How do I sound? Am I am I ruining it again? No, <laughs> no, I'm not ruining. The, the reason I haven't, Luke, touched, Lucas I haven't touched is giving the, me
0: the snake eyes is because uh, he always fiddles with the mic and it makes I my job. Look, and, I got I got pen, I got paper. Yep, these are in my hands. Post productions I don't know nightmare. why I'm holding
1: them up. This is not a visual medium. Nope. But I watched a Scandinavian film. <gasps> no, Tell it's not me. one of them buddy bleak dramas or whatever. The, I, I watched a film called it? Troll Hunter. Ooh, oh, that great. one. Yes. Oh, yes. Is that a, that one or that one? It's well-known. Yeah, it is well-known. And I, because I found on the SBS On Demand mm-hmm. things, they got... It's very good. It is. Um, particularly if there's some obscure stuff, you like, they got a yeah. bit of it. They have these top 10 lists. And one, And I've decided I'm going to go through all the ones written, uh, recommended by... Um, the t- I can't remember the name, but the two guys behind Danger 5. Okay. which is, you're looking at me, that blank, it's like, I don't know what show you're talking. It's one of them silly ones, isn't it? <laughs> and it is. But it's something that's right up my alley, very B-movie-inspired. And I'd seen a bit of it, and I was like, I didn't really get it. And then I realized, and then when I started watching, I was like, oh, no wonder I didn't get it the first time. It's all in subtitles, and I probably was at a party or something. Yeah, So I watched, and it's it's very inter- It's a mockumentary uh-huh. for those, and about fo- this camera crew following a guy who is hunting trolls and the trolls in this movie are huge monsters not little things with weird hair mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're big thing they're big scary monsters and it's all played very, like it's not like a comedy th- it's played straight yeah um and that's done. They have that whole spiel. It's like we found this footage. This is based on a. This is all true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we know it's not obviously, yeah, yeah. but it, it sets it all well, and it's all very. It's very well done.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, very quite clever, I reckon. Um, would you recommend it to someone who doesn't watch a lot of mockumentaries? I
1: would. Provide well depends what you want out of a mockumentary. Usually
0: they're they're funny. Do they have sweet Scandinavian accents? <laughs> yes, it's. Do mm, you think this film was good? Yeah, yeah Actually, that's German. It, what am I doing? Yeah, what are you doing? It's it, somewhere in Europe. Let's face it.
1: <laughs> they're Norwegian. Yeah. No, I'm no, I'm trying to think. Yeah, definitely Norwegian. Mm-hmm. And it's just because before recently I, I played a game called Magic Two. <laughs> and you laugh at because and yeah. all the voice acting they don't have real voice acting no they have uh, but they have penguin speak yeah ba- gibberish simlish whatever but it's like scandinavian yeah 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 it's based on scandinavian and How then when i watch this film it's uh, norwegian and it's in the, in but the, the english subtitle, mm-hmm. that's all i could hear yeah. because occasionally they go do what do and but then oh, you do it a lot better than me yeah like the swedish chef but yeah. occasionally they'd put in a word it's like you know if there's something about like something on fire like doobie 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 bernie burn, doobie do, you know and that's all i could hear <laughs> oh
0: my goodness we probably annoyed our entire scandinavian audience <laughs> we don't a large demographic that they are
1: this is i'm quoting a game <laughs> but it's and that's what i was hearing even because it's not i don't exactly watch a lot of Scandinavian language things, so I don't, yeah. I'm not exposed to the language wow. very often. Yeah, I'll have to do more, and then maybe watch, I'll hear a Watch pushup. It's Danish, uh-huh. and it's, uh, on a tale of of I want to kill myself. How bleak
0: is it? Well, when you put it like that, <laughs> it's is it harrowing? It's pretty bleak, but it's a very good Danish film, and directed by one of my favorite directors, who the Western audience would know, directed Drive. Um I haven't seen so Drive. Maybe I'll just Nicholas watch Drive. Ref,
1: I think I maybe. will watch Drive instead. No. Thanks no, no. for the recommendation. No, watch Push it first and then watch <laughs> Drive. And watch, then you'll see watch why. Watch Drive got it.
0: No. Yeah. It's very good. So Troll Hunter was your pick. Yes. And you kind of liked it. Neil? What have you been, what have I been viewing? watching viewing?
2: So last night I watched a film called Out of the Furnace. Okay. Which is Casey Affleck, Batman. Mm-hmm. Um as in who played Batman last, not the new Batman. Um, what's his name?
0: Ben yeah. Affleck's brother.
2: What? No, okay, so Christian Bale. Christian
0: oh, Bale. Oh, Yes, Batman. Okay. Not, ba- yeah. not new not Batman. Not new
2: Batman. Yeah. So it was good. It was all-star cast. It was really good. Um, yes, it had Zoe Zelda, Saldana in oh, it. Oh, is it that, that the Green Goblin in it from Spider-Man, whatever is. that the
0: noir-style film? Yeah. It,
2: what, the film? Yeah. No, it's kind of, it's a tale about two brothers. One guy, one brother is, um, he's come back, from iraq oh, i know the one you're talking about yeah he's, yep. he's he's had a pretty hard time and his brother's looking out for him and ends up getting put in prison and then gets out of prison yeah. and then uh the younger brother sort of disappears and he has mm. to go on a hunt for him and there's woody harrelson's in it he's really okay. nasty, yeah. nasty character um, and that was great well, it oh it's like first. a fight
0: club of some kind Ah, kind, kind of yeah, yeah but it's a
2: bit more it, it it kind of it yeah it takes you to some pretty dark places mm. and and it's great at right at the end um uh, they play a Pearl Jam song with a credits roll. And oh, it's sweet. the perfect song. Yeah. Um, uh, my wife came in, actually, at that point, one of the credits. She was like, oh, I love this song. <laughs> and I was just sat there, kind of traumatized by this film. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I watched that last night. Uh, but uh, uh, one of the things I have been watching a lot recently um, is I watched the first series of Rick and Morty. Oh, yes. Have you um, seen it? Yes. <laughs> yes, and I've, uh, a lot of my work colleagues have you been telling me a ages. show. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've been mean to, to watch the second season,
1: but I do, I like it, and as they put out a game, uh, which is a Pokemon-like oh, game, yeah. which yep. I'd like to play too because I like Pokemon. <laughs> a and guy I'm in the office, he's addicted to it. Yeah, you well, my brother showed waters. me, and and i and I'm. One thing impressed me that like, it's nailed the assa- like they had all the voice acting mm. and everything, so it's not a cheap tie-in. But I guess with it, and it's developed quite the. Quite the fierce fan base, yeah. So it's guess, following now, yeah, pretty much. which is good. Dan Harmon deserves success, yeah. After being, you know, pushed around with com- with community under the bus, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, no, yeah, that I've, I've been watching that, and it's so that episode. the The one that got me was the episode
2: where they have to bury themselves, yeah. and Morty's just walking around with his big wide eyes, and and they're playing the music, and you're just like. That's deep. I'm watching a cartoon here, and I feel that's one of the most deepest things I've ever watched.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's a big... um, uh, I think there's something about those kinds of shows that, like, it's odd. It's that dissonance, right, between the weird antics on screen and what they're actually saying. Hmm. It's a bit strange. And Archer, to a a lesser extent, was a bit like that.
1: Well, one thing that we really know is... um, Oh, it's coming coming back this week. The Venture Brothers... Which is, um, it is you know got that crazy, um, adult swim humor mm. and it's got the, the the um, I get the uh, superhero piss take, but it's all like some very heavy um, storylines and 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 characters like who have changed they've changed so, who changed so much mm. over the course of a, of a season even, over multiple seasons. Um, and and it is, and I don't know, maybe because I watch so much of it, I don't get that like I can separate separateem. It's like, yeah. he's yeah, the yeah. crazy action, he's the joke, he's the serious mm. he's he's the he's the plot sort of blends in it, it it does because and I guess the visuals got something to do with it too. Venture brothers it's, it can be a fairly fairly violent, mm. kind, um uh. TV show that's that's the one I'm thinking of. Mm. TV show, but it's got that Hanna Barbera style yep. animation.
0: I think, I think I appreciate um, parts of Rick and Morty, like I did with Archer, simply because I don't watch a lot of it, and so when I find something like that, it's it's, mm. it's, it's very fresh to me. So mm. I'm just like, I appreciate this.
1: Mm. Well, there's um, not, I it, there's, well, there's not, I guess. Well, there's not. Well, I know it's not been out long, but there's not another Rick and Morty. Out yeah. there, like, and there's not another, not another Archer. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it is. They. So it's not just to you that it's fresh. It's still. Yeah. It, it, it's f- just in general, and yeah. I guess you, even if you don't watch a lot of animation, it's it's just a good show. Is a good show.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's a bit like you know I I I don't really keep up with um like uh I forget the name it's the children it's the weird like animation. Scooby Doo? No, uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> when you think of it, it'll be funny when you say Scooby Doo. Uh, <laughs> it's the one with um, the web beanies and stuff, and they've got South the weird Park. Yeah, thank you, South Park. There you go. Um, so not Scooby Doo. Uh, so South Park and <laughs> Simpsons and all well, that South- kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I, d- I, I didn't really. Yeah, didn't well, watch South those
1: Park shows. is well. Simpsons is not really worth watching. they long; they've it's long in the tooth to say it is a bit of an understatement. Mm. Though South Park actually is still going strong because it's so it's it stays relevant. Yeah, exactly. It goes on copper. Uh, and and their format last couple of seasons have gone they've gone ar- with more arching storylines. Mm-hmm. This last season just gone
0: a whole season of arching, you
1: know, yeah. which is new for them. So they're doing new things as well as. Keeping up with current events, which is
0: exactly, and they can keep like you know poking fun at stuff that's going on currently, so people find it humorous. So exactly, yeah.
1: it's it's yeah, I mean the Simpsons as. Uh, I don't like saying it's like, oh, it's not very good even because it's so part of my, you know... Culture. Culture like and developing up, yeah. yeah, growing up. It's just so much of it in grand. I don't need the DVDs. It's all in... Yeah. The, the lines are in there, pushing out things that I should remember. Yeah. Said so it's just The Simpsons. Uh, but it's not like I haven't watched an episode of it in a few years. Yeah. A new one anyway, because it's far so far gone. Like, yeah. it's... <laughs> It's, it's I don't weird, know at yeah. which point it stopped. Th- it stopped the re- the mm. relevance, the keeping up. Stop. Now they're just trying to catch up. Yeah, it's like Madonna. <laughs> she she was the groundbreak. Good
0: example. And, there you go. Yeah. And
1: now she's you know still dressing like the, the pop and it's like hey remember me <laughs> look and, and you know putting bits out like no you're old and gross. <laughs>
0: there you go. Madonna, you can come on the podcast anytime. Lucas's views don't uh, represent my own. <laughs> Big fan. No, you're not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so, Rick and Morty and... Um, out Car- of the Furnace. Out yeah. of the Furnace.
2: But I'd also recommend Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. Yeah. What's that with your kids? Which one? one? Yeah, well, my kids are have, have, uh, have fans of Tinkerbell, the Tinkerbell movies and... I watch quite a lot of them, and uh-huh. uh, Legend of the Neverbeast has been on our TV a lot the last okay. few weeks. Cause they keep watching it on, you know, reruns, of like kids and, do. And it, I tell you what, the Tinkerbell movies, fantastic. Yeah. If you are looking for good characterization, good story, just good music, good. Just well produced. I'm sure you mm, have love It's
1: like Stockholm Syndrome. You've watched it like 10 times. No, no, a no. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Trust well, you. I, mean, I can see the, mean, see the cynicism. In I mean, your it's eyes, Disney. I know they, they do it. some direct to video stuff. Yeah. You know, crossbusterizing their, their, their famous movies. But Tinkerbell I mean, I'm not Tinkerbell. surprised. It's like, some... hey, Tinkerbell movies are good. It's like, oh, I, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, that. I like Tangled.
2: I that actually went to one. see Tinkerbell and the Pirate Fairy at the cinema twice, and I can't even say that about Star Wars yet. When,
0: yeah, when? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> relevance. <laughs> when did when did that movie come out?
2: The Pirate Fairy is yeah. um, so the latest one was Never beat. It was the one before that, so it'd be about eighteen months ago. Really? Yeah, I didn't know they came out in the cinemas. Yeah, yeah they, they come saying. out. I mean, I don't have. Is it like a small female or? children? But oh yeah, I mean it's, it's the the thing with kids' films is they put them on at certain times of the day, so they'll have them in the holidays. So they'll come out, right? And okay. then they have them at certain times. So, interesting. Um, if you're not, if you don't have kids, then it, it's something actually I might did not notice that
1: better. it was I think it was last mm-hmm. night before we're looking at possibly going to the movies, we looking at sessions for the Good Dinosaur, and I've, I've heard that was yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, see that? Pixar. It was good. Know, hard to go wrong. I, it Pixar. moved me.
0: I heard about drug references. And that drug got me references. Oh, it they always say that. But,
1: <laughs> but anyway, but the session was like 9.30 a.m., 9.00 a.m., 10.00 a.m. It's like, I'm not I going to the those. movies yeah. at 9.30 in the morning. Yeah. That's and then we difficult. didn't go. I
2: don't go any other time now. Yeah. Really? <laughs> there you go. I've had kids no, Who, I, Star Wars, we went in the evening, and that was weird. Actually, coming out of the cinema and being dark. No, no, I went with my wife. Okay, uh, yeah, it was dark when we came out. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Going yeah. to the cinema and it. Quick thoughts on Star Wars. Quick thoughts on Star Wars. Um, I'm a massive fan. Uh-huh. It did everything it needed to do. It's Star Wars. It ticked all the boxes. I went on a roller coaster ride. I could have sat there and been cynical, lots and lots of times, but yep. I didn't because it's Star Wars and I love it. And it's, it. Yeah. It, yep. That was it. I needed it. I was. I was ten years old. Bosch. It's the fix you needed, yeah. and it's, they gave it to you. Yeah. Yeah, in droves. Mm-hmm. You know, I could then take it apart, but you know. Yeah, exactly,
0: and and that's why I think that. But
2: yeah, well. some yeah
1: something like that. Like you can start to take it apart, and then but then you got to think. This is not supposed to be something that is super deep. Yeah, that's not what Star, Star Wars. Star Wars never was exactly. exactly. It's not, and then you stop. It's like, was it fun? Very. Mm-hmm. And then you
0: shut up. See, the interesting thing is. Next week, because Luke is coming on, he has an incredibly jaded view of it because he was a Star Wars fan. And this is the kicker, an expanded universe fan, or extended universe Oh, uh, well fan. then, yeah, the Timothy What a loser. So then you know. there's a I lot resent- of resentment um, <laughs> oh, there, I think. Oh,
1: I, to be honest... I'm going
0: to give him the stink of the whole podcast. Exactly. See, see, in my opinion, extended universe was always a playground. It was never really meant to be anything that serious that they were going to keep going with. So I thought that when they killed it, I was like, eh. Are people really going to cry over this that much? Apparently some do. Yes. And I can understand why it's fair. But I also... I have never get into the the books. Yep. I couldn't. Yeah. I think young me George Lucas anyway. wanted to create a universe without him being completely involved. And it was great for a lot of people that they could write within that universe. So there you go. But sadly, it doesn't exist anymore.
2: I, I can't have an opinion on that because I've just moaned about Lord of the Rings, in New Zealand. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I feel they're different. Wait, <laughs> is next podcast
1: we're gonna have a guest or other top? Or is it just gonna be Luke on a soap book so we can met Star Wars? For it's alright.
0: You know the funny thing is because Luke's not here, I can actually rag on about this a bit. <laughs> and the thing is, I realized throughout the whole of last year's podcast, this is a bit like a recap of a recap, right? That I cut Luke off ninety percent of the time. And I felt really bad about it because the Star Wars episode was the kicker. I was like, all right, Luke, I'll let you go on about it. And five minutes into his conversation, I cut him off and then made a point, which is really sad. But I'm sorry, listeners, if you're a fan of Luke's opinions, because apparently I cut them off way too much. I hope you'll forgive me. Did he point that out? No. Somebody else did. A listener. It was like, oh. We get emails from listeners? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you actually cut Luke off a lot. And I was like, I'm actually really sorry about that
1: this happened who said this it was Mel one of the poetry mm. of the morning bell saying oh you need to get on to you need to you know get the second uh, the, uh, issue into into print copy mm-hmm. which I've been working on yep and, um, and it's like yeah pe- it's the thing we've heard most about it's like I haven't heard anything we get emails <laughs> from things yeah people from yeah I do it's like why does no one to email me you're out
0: of the loop Lucas there you go they're okay. cutting you off slowly but surely Weakest link.
1: At, at least, I mean, positive. Silver lining. I don't get anything, any bad things. <laughs> if if I, you get
0: no feedback, it's pretty good feedback, in my opinion. People like what you're doing. You just keep doing it. Talking about bad feedback, segue. Uh What I've been watching uh, is a lot because I went on this binge uh, during when I took a break from my writing. and It was like a two-week binge of movies. And everything that was possibly anathema to my writings, I was like, "I'm just gonna binge on really bad TV shows and, and movies and things like that."
1: All right. I did and that kind kind of only. I went for video games instead. That's fair. And, and podcasts, though that does that's actually that relates to this.
0: Yeah, um, I I realized that a lot of the TV shows today are actually really not my thing. Uh, but one particular thing, and we, we were talking about this. Um, uh, at the start of the show is about the idea of people uh, referencing material that's already quite popular and then trying to recreate the same formula. Um, and that is the Shannara Chronicles, which I mentioned very briefly. It was written by Terry Brooks and now it's an adaptation by MTV. MTV being uh, primarily focused towards, um, I guess, teenagers for it's the a most teen part. Dem- yeah, It's a teen demographic. Yeah, teen, teen and people who love trashy television. Pretty much. Uh,
1: harsh, but yeah um and the thing i is look at my girlfriend who loves that stuff right as i'm
0: saying
1: that. <laughs> and the thing I don't know, is have you ever seen teen mom no <laughs>
0: i'm missing out that's
1: that's the uh that's more their audience the people who want to see filmed train wrecks
0: yes this however is meant to be a fantasy epic and uh meant to be eh <laughs> and uh it's filmed in new zealand so there you go So it looks nice. sorry neil
2: that's uh, fine. Love New Zealand.
0: You're from you're the one from New Zealand, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Um and the the issue I find with it is exactly the problems that you expect. Uh it's it's a teen drama, which isn't bad in and of itself, only when it's done in a way that has been done multiple times before. There's no real surprises with the characters. They all look gorgeous. Maybe I'm jealous that all the guys look that good, but like, honestly speaking.
1: Sexy model saying sexy things in in love triangles <laughs> with sexy ladies. <laughs> you just uh, describe the plot, Lucas. Have you been watching? No, but my mum's been watching vamp, and and dad also I've been watching <laughs> Vampire Diaries, and uh, and I've been catching bits of it when I've been there, mm-hmm. and 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 that's i just described the plot of the vamp. Yeah. Vampire Diaries. Well, I think you just Sexy, described also sexy the, Love Triangles. A lo- a sexy and, Love Triangle. And, and, and drama. Drama. And sometimes vampire shit is going on. No but only sometimes. Yet. Okay. And sometimes dragon stuff's happening. There's bad orcs and things. Orcs. There you go. So basically, so, you just got tricked into watching a teen drama.
2: Mm hmm. And that. But it's not like the books weren't like that, were they? No, mm-hmm. the books. Yeah, that's the. That's I the, think I read the first book many sort of Shannara, yeah, yeah. many years ago. I can't remember
0: anything about Soda it. Sort of Shannara was uh, heavily criticised in its day for being basically Lord of the Rings, to yeah. the, and you know, w- you know, the same principle of. Um, and do you know
1: what I always missed in Lord of the
0: Rings? What Teen drama,
1: love triangles.
0: Oh, I mean, there was the thing oh, there was, that was you know with Frodo and
1: Sam and 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 whatever. But I mean, apart from you know,
0: Oh, had a bit of that. Some of the stories
2: in what Silmarillion,
0: yeah, it's a love triangle, yeah, there's lots of <laughs> there's there's a lot, yeah, there was a fair bit of tragic love in that. Actually, Children of Urine was thumbs up because I love that See, book. I've not read that, not, no. it's my favorite. Oh, okay. Tolkien well, there book. we go, I'm so gonna go. To I'm it, it is interesting because it felt like Tolkien was going with a different route in that, in that book, mm. um, as if he read too much Macbeth and uh, and decided I need more tragedy in my books, so he wrote. Half of Children of Huron and then his son. Um, yeah, I was going to say, it was Christopher about to Tolkien. Christopher, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, But anyway, yes, yep. uh, Shannara Chronicles. <laughs> no, it was a good diversion. Yep. You, it's a good book. Uh, is really not that crash hard for me. I'm sure there's an audience. I definitely think there is. Uh, but it's not me. And then I started watching Penny Dreadful, uh, the first series. Uh, and I loved it. It was... Everything I wanted out of that it was gothic horror, plenty of jump scares. Not my thing, but I endured it. Uh, and I think they get exactly what they're going for on that show. And it's film uh, TV shows and films understanding exactly what they are and not trying to be more or less than that. Um, they get the idea that this is a gothic Victorian horror. Um, you've got tons of occultish rituals and a uh, British explorer you've got this American gunslinger and it's just a fantastic mix of um actors who gel really well together um mm-hmm. and a plot um the first season is what I've got it's out on DVD and and you, you know you can get it anywhere pretty much and uh I think they did exactly you know what I wanted in that kind of TV show um mm-hmm. that like you know a lot of Frankenstein stuff and you've got references mm-hmm. to that and um I've only seen the first
2: episode of that yeah but I'm a big fan of Alan Moore and I'm a big fan of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And it yeah. felt to me like that's what League of Extraordinary yes. Men should have been. Should have been, exactly, I agree. Yeah. Without it's, as much horror. Without as yeah. much horror. Yeah.
0: I, I think exactly what you... The thing, the weird thing about Alan Moore is because uh, his style of writing is he's, he's, a, he's the cynic. Um, and he, his characters... Isn't he just? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and his characters are just that, you know. Um, whereas with the, the film uh of Extraordinary Gentlemen, felt like we, they were trying to be, but then there was just, just weird, weird Hollywood, weird things <laughs> that got went on that movie, and I was just I feel like yeah, lucky I
1: missed out on that. I haven't yeah. actually. Uh, it was maybe, uh, maybe i <laughs> I haven't read the the books, uh, the comic. Uh, maybe I should just. I mean, I I know I've I've heard it's a disaster, so I'm not gonna. And not the kind of disaster I like, but. Yeah, no, it's. No, just the, yeah. the, the flat, the plane, not very entertaining.
0: It's ones. not exactly like they had a bad cast either. It was just the story was just. Yeah.
2: <sighs> I had a funny story about Alan Moore, sorry to diverse. No, so go for it. Uh, I, went to, I went to see him do a talk in the mm. British um, Library in London a few years ago. Yeah. I'm a big fan, so it was quite a small crowd, and it was really good, and Mm. I was really excited. Intimate, yeah. And five minutes into the talk, he he went into a bit of a rant on why he hated interactive fiction. (laughs) (laughs) That was like sat there. Did you just like crawl into yourself?
0: (laughs) (laughs) My heroes. So you didn't go introduce yourself and say, "No, I didn't. uh,
1: No, I I didn't. I've got a business proposition for you." There's money involved. <laughs> Maybe he just saw that the Watchmen game, beat 'em up game they made for PlayStation. It's was like, oh, that's terrible.
3: Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, blast you,
1: blast. you're remembering the, the memory of it. Yeah, just came up. Yeah, I Yeah, I think <laughs> so. Too. Sorry. Let's leave that but it, where just, it it, lies. it you, you said I had to interact I was like, I wonder. Oh, I remember that? Remember that, that shit, Watchmen it's, game?
0: It's. I think, and I and it, it's interesting. Again, tangent, but when people see a piece of media and it done so badly, they just have a stigma against it. And perhaps that's the same because like Roger Ebert himself, you know, uh, when he was critiquing films and stuff, he, he thought games were rubbish. You know, that they were just not good pieces of uh, of literature, and yet he was open to changing his opinion later on because he was like, "Okay, I saw examples." Because of it. he's good at what he does, exactly. And and I and I feel like
1: Alan Moore is an eccentric who know <laughs> who knows why he thinks that. Yeah, maybe. Let's just <laughs>
0: the thing is, it's like it's it, um, it's either an artistic thing where he just um does not identify with that kind of thing, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and perhaps it's also just exposure to things which are done very badly, so
1: who knows. Um, How old is Alan Ball now?
0: Old. Getting uh, on. Yeah, is it old he old or he
1: just look really old?
2: Yeah, I'd say he's probably he's probably in
1: his 60s, well yeah. into his 60s. Old enough that he could possibly not understand technology. Oh, I, I don't disagree. think he's no, that kind of person. Atch- no, actually, yeah. Uh,
2: to, to give him a bit, I don't know much about it, but he's been involved a lot with... Um, it's like a comic book app. I don't know much about it, but it's kind of quite interactive. And I know he's been quite heavy into that. Oh, like, well, there goes
1: that. Book. There goes for my first thing is something weird happened and now he hates video games. like someone once knocked one of my teeth out with a copy of Zork and now I hate <laughs> video games.
0: That seems... Obscure references yeah. for the one person out there who understood what Lucas just said. I think, I think the
2: thing that gets his goat um, is basically that you know, he's written a lot of things that have suited the format that he's written them for. So, yeah. taking Watchmen, for example, is an obvious it's, one. Yeah. He's written it; it was for a comic book format. And his what his worry, and same with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm. is is that they take that and they repurpose it for another medium, yet it wasn't designed for that medium in the first place. Yeah, and I, I think agree. that's the thing he gets yep. a bit upset about. And I, I kind of get that. I kind of I get it.
1: But on the other hand. Surely he would have had power to veto those projects. No, you'd, you'd be no. surprised. No, yeah, you'd yeah. Be surprised. I don't know. No, I wonder. Is there any? Is there a record on his? Well, I presume he didn't like the of extraordinary I mean, gentleman movie, but either you know his thoughts on the Watchmen film. See, yay, I, nay, because I, d- I don't actually know that. Actually, no, because I, no I wonder maybe he thinks that's shit. But I mean, I liked it.
2: I liked it too. I mean, basically, it's not it's not the same. Schneider had the greatest storyboard ever for a film. Is exactly, the way I looked at it. I, I think that's one <laughs> yeah. of the
0: one of the kinds of mediums which transfer really well is the idea that you have, like you said, a storyboard in a in a comic film, and then you can just transfer that straight to film mm. and just animate it mm. um, with human beings. Uh, and I think it's harder to do the reverse way: it's a game, and then you make it into a film. Which is talking about a different topic altogether. I understand mm-hmm. that, but it's in that. Perspective oh, you Oh,
1: but they're about game to film. Yeah, it's like it's a weird Oh, you mean that make. great idea, which is currently has a 0% strike rate. Yeah,
0: it's it's that idea, right? Because creating, <laughs> making something interactive now linear. Oh, you didn't like Street Fighter. Anyway. <laughs> I,
1: I like it. I do. It's got Kylie in it. Not oh, for man. Because it's a well made feature film. <laughs> I like it because it's a train wreck. Who doesn't like Bison Dollars?
0: Come on, Lucas. I like.
1: That wonderful climactic ending between jean Claude Van Damme and a man dying of cancer. <laughs>
0: oh, man, you know that film had so many lines that I could just keep. I going actually watched it recently,
1: with. and I'm amazed. Like, wow, they really fit in basically every character from Street Fighter Two. And actually, I looked at because I found an article, um, and they put in all of them except for um, Faye Long, who yeah. is. Because he, he is a Bruce Lee ripoff. Mm-hmm. He's too derivative. A little bit. And I was like, that's a good design decision. But, I mean, you maybe should have th- kept going when you thought, like, so, we're going to have 15 main characters. Thoughts? <laughs> that's great. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should have 15 characters in our uh, hour and a half movie.
0: Listen, Game of Thrones copied so much from the Street Fighter series I could just go on all they day. Just,
1: see, but they got ten hour long episodes; they can fit it in. <laughs> That's right. Now, I, I, maybe a ten part one hour HBO
2: Street Fighter series is what we need. <laughs> i have never Street Fighter and Game of Thrones mentioned together before.
0: That's there you go. You can kind <laughs> that on the box. Put that on the back of Street Fighter Six. Is that yes? Yeah, five,
1: five, or maybe six. And we'll put it's it down seven. the line. After this idea, someone's heard. Someone Capcom has heard. It's gone down the line. Yeah. It happens. And then Street Fighter VI going with the the George R R mm-hmm. edition it comes out twelve years from now. Can you
0: imagine? It'd probably be the guess- best Game of Thrones game we've had.
2: I actually oh. want to play that game now. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, that's old, I've heard Eddard good Stark things Stark about that thing. Telltale one. Yeah,
0: that'd be great. Yeah, Can you, you match the
2: Wolf and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like uh, you could have the special attacks, like you know, the Killer Instinct style. And then Why you know, you that? know, the entire audience right now is probably like, what are they
3: talking? About? I that's
1: need like, this game. <laughs> Sometimes, it's, maybe it's best left in our head because I just had Flash. I was like, hey, remember when you thought a Star, a star Wars fighting to one-on-one one fighting game was a good idea? Yes, remember how it wasn't?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, no, that would be great. I would, you know, had fanfic all my characters in there and just make them survive, be the best mm. fighting game ever. There I you go. That.
2: Somebody make that. I, I'm gonna send some emails out to me. There you that, go. That's for free, Capcom. Yeah. Because someone from that company, <laughs> Japanese yeah, company, Capcom, listens to us. Yeah. yeah. and we'll t- be well come.
1: For doing th- that. The dream collaboration.
0: <laughs> now, then you could take it a step further and make a game book adventure about the fighting game.
2: I could do, or like, I could do just the fighting game and make
0: lots of money. <laughs> 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 maybe. Maybe. That's a, probably good. Talking about... Yeah, that's a good segue talking now. Talking about just interactive fiction. <laughs> yeah, this was, is this was all to a plan. Yes. Um, I like it. The, the, the whole reason we invited Neil on is, one, because he's charming and he's good looking. Besides that... We needed more English people. <laughs> we needed more English people. I agree. I think we've had... How many in the past? One. Did we? Who? I don't know. I'm there. guessing here. No, I should know this, but I don't. I think our quarter of English people was not. Filled. I think
1: we don't. We need our, more just our quarter of accents.
0: Yeah, that's think, true. Which is low. Mine is the monochrome of all accents.
1: You're from ev- got bits. Of, your ethnicity is a bit of everywhere. And exactly. my have. accents
0: from nowhere at all. Lucas is Australian, so we needed a bit of that old world coming back to the podcast. <laughs> So we got oh Neil. Oh my governor! <laughs> <laughs> you know that's actually a really bad Cockney accent. I know. Yeah, it's weird doing. Accents. It's like I didn't grow up. I, I didn't grow up. Something
1: about saying. shrimps. See, am I doing my bit right? No. Some shrimps. Put shrimps on the barbecues and. It's Barbie. Shut up. <laughs> Blackface is fine. I mean, what? <laughs> what? Copyright Australia. There we go. <laughs>
0: Twenty sixteen. Um, so let's get right down to it, Neil. Um, and that is, it's, it's interesting to me that, well, uh, while narrative has come a long way since, you know, the good old days of fantasy when we could read a book, pick it up, read it, that's it. And we can't interact with the story. And that is for the most part how people think of narrative today. It's a linear fashion. Um, games are growing, uh, much more, I suppose, in the accepted media, uh, that people actually um, have a, a greater respect for that medium uh, and interact with that medium and produce work within that medium that is a little bit more, um, oh, how should we say, less traditional as as it goes on. So games have changed in the same way that literature changes all the time. Hmm. Um, I mentioned uh, a couple podcasts ago that Luke and I were involved um, with a video game and that process was enlightening to the both of us and how that works. But this is a little bit different because you're not producing video games in the most traditional sense of the word, you're mm. producing game books. Mm. So, what is that exactly? What is this idea of mixing traditional fiction with an mm. interactive ability?
2: So, basically, game books are kind of originate from the early 80s, I guess. Mm. So, you know, back end of the 70s, early 80s, c- kids didn't have video games, really. Um, What video games they did have were simple home computer systems, Mm -hmm. your Commodore 64s, ZX Spectrums. So, um, you know, suddenly game books were available, and what a game book was, was basically a story where you got to choose where you go in the story, Mm -hmm. but more importantly, and this is the, the catch, they were gamified stories. So you created a character at the beginning, you rolled dice to have stats, so you had strength and health, and all these things which are very familiar to Gamers now, mm. and you had an inventory so you could find items, and you could only go into certain parts of the story if you had certain items and certain things. So, they were kind of like my early and probably my earliest introduction to proper adventure games. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and they were again um, portable, so I would go on holiday and you know be in the back of my parents' car driving down to somewhere where I knew it was going to rain all week because that's what it did on holiday in the UK, it just rained. and. Um, yeah, and so we started to have these books and dice and pencils and whatever, and 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 that, that was my like my Nintendo DS, mm-hmm. I guess, or my my iPhone or whatever. Um, and so yeah, that's the original thing. So that's kind of how they originated. Um, they were our gaming fix for that mm-hmm. sort of generation. Um, yeah, and and I guess as time's gone on well, what happened was is the rise of the video game sort of into the early 90s to the mid-90s kind of killed off the game book and game books disappeared and they were very kind of, uh, very, very niche. Yeah,
0: because most people imagine that, well, you can just do it on a screen, why do you need the the picture? Exactly, yeah. Mm.
2: And there was, you know, there were still people still writing stuff amateur, dark corners of the internet there would be gatherings of 30-year-old men who would, you know, (laughs) share stories and whatever and and that was great. Um, And then... uh, as as the e-book arrived and then you get the iPads and various things and then it, it became, I mean, f- from my point of view, the reason I started this whole journey was it seemed like I, it was time to bring this stuff back because you could read a game book on an iPad like you would a normal book and you wouldn't have to carry around dice and pencils. And, and the audience now are mature enough to understand what an adventure game is mm-hmm. so you don't need to explain that. Yeah. Um, because the whole idea of having stats and making a character and taking that onto yeah. it is just commonplace. Mm-hmm. So, so it was a perfect marriage, really. So that's that's essentially the evolution of game books, I guess. And then that's yeah,
0: right. that's right. Yeah. And the actual content of said game books were primarily fantasy, weren't they? Like, that was the... At least how it started, anyway, with the um, fighting fantasy books. Um, yeah. yeah. And then expanding from there. Um, I remember there was a book, and I just cannot cannot think of the author and it was such an obscure theme it was on the battle of culloden uh and (laughs) as in the scott like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right okay and um yeah probably mangled that name and you played a a scottish rebel this
2: will probably be a john sutherland game book. he did a lot of historical yeah that's
0: right and yeah it was fantastic and you know after the Mm. ian livingston works at that was what I did, and mm. I was like, well, this is fantastic. And then there was a big break from that, and then I discovered, well, Ten Man Games. Mm. Uh, so you not only ha- have your own original IP, but you also um, adapted a lot of those yeah. older style works. The thing I'm interested in is, does that really transfer well, do you think? Straight from you know stuff that was written 20, 30 years ago.
2: Well, it's really interesting. So Gamebook Adventures, which is RIP, which you just mentioned, mm-hmm. um, they were written for an audience that had grown up. So they'd read Fighting Fantasy in 1980 blip mm-hmm. and had grown up and become 30 to 40-year-olds. And it's kind of like what their memories of what Fighting Fantasy was, but for them. So mm-hmm. a lot more wordier, a um, lot more epic in scope, um, bigger, way bigger. Um uh, a bit more mature so you know a bit more violence a bit more sex i guess mm. a bit more alcohol in there than you'd have in the things and then and then the funny thing was is then we got the fighting fancy license and yeah. then we we re- were actually then weirdly going back in time and re-releasing these <laughs> yeah quite um i'd guess almost simpler yeah. Stories and narratives. You know, it would just be like you are an adventurer. There is an evil man living in this mountain. Yep. You must go in there and kill him and mm-hmm. steal his gold. Yeah. And you meet monsters on the way. Yeah. Whereas our gamebook adventures were like, you know, one of the books is about you being taken to slavery and, mm. and, and all the political ramifications between you escaping that and and the, the relation between two countries. Mm. And 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 you know, it was quite epic in scale. So, you know, we ha- we had to kind of juggle this. You know, walk this fine line between these. Yeah,
0: because the adventure book was maturing yeah. in a way. Yeah. Because the the audience yeah. was maturing, so they were expecting yeah. content that they would see in other media as well.
2: But you've got, but at the same time, you know, you got something like Fighting Fantasy. You know that the audience is. Even the audience that's grown up, they still want to be ten year old. It comes back to that Star Wars thing again. Mm, it, yeah, they do exactly what. If, if a thirty five year old guy is playing one of these books that he played when he was ten, mm. you know, he just wants to feel like it's he a nostalgia was 10. trip. It's, yeah, and nostalgia is a massive part of our marketing mm-hmm. and everything.
0: So we've seen how the the game book has where it's come from, and we can see where you know your own IP is going. Mm. Where do you think the complexity lies like what where is the where's the line between war and peace mm. and uh something like i don't know pick a fantasy book aragon like where is the the line in a fantasy in in an adventure book where you're like okay, it has to be about these particular themes or at least the simpler sort of theme? you I, were mentioning complexity like yeah I how don't think can there you push is, to that
2: I think that comes down to genre and that's like any genre really yeah. So if you've got some if if you want to you know, if you want to write a game book based on war and peace, then it is possible to do that. Mm. It would just be bloody big. Because the amount of choice you'd need yeah. basically the more um the more intelligent you try and make something in interactive fiction, the more complexity yeah. you need to deal with all the possible outcomes. Because in a in a in a kid's kind of fighting fantasy book, yeah. the options are very simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um yeah, so it's it's just about yeah you know, trying to give as much yeah just sort of choices I guess yeah, yeah because in a more complex book there are more consequences to your act to people's actions yeah because it's more adult it's a real world yeah. setting it's not just like do I go left do I go right yeah yeah, oh, yeah you yeah. fall in a hole or you meet a goblin or something yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
1: Yes, and there's nothing gamers like moral in their stories than choices, um, which is, you know, it's the big thing. It's all about your, yeah, basically your choices having consequences, and not a simple, and, you know, it's always moral choice of things. The moral choice, you mm-hmm. kick the puppy, do you save the puppy? Yeah. Only more nuance than that, obviously. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes but, not. <laughs> but, you know. They they these books it, it's and like those are the advantage it's more book than game, uh, which is good obviously because you, you're able to get a nice hefty story out of it, even if it is a more of a simple fantasy, like this fighting fantasy. Which but I have no like feelings nostalgia for because I never played them yeah. when I was younger. So I, you know, going into these, it's uh, it's it's new. So for me, it's new. And I enjoy, and I've enjoyed these, and I think I only played mm-hmm. one of the Fighting Fantasy out of the three or four that of um, of the Tin Man games that have the game books that I've played. But it, there is, yeah, it is very um, varying. Like uh, there was one, uh, there was, it was called Zom uh, Zompocalypse. That oh, Zompocalypse, 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 yeah, yeah, that's a And yeah. the first time I went through it, <laughs> it was very quick because I did everything. It's like, what would I do? Yep. In the zombie apocalypse. What I would do was be very sensible, and the story ended really quickly <laughs> because I just escaped. And it's like, and now, and the end like, you're now free from the zombies. It's like, well, go me, but. Yeah, there you go. I kind of want to read more of the story, so I That's went back, really and like, I'm going to be reckless this time.
0: You're going to be like a horror movie character. I. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: like I'm gonna be a bit more of a man actually in this case you're a bunny yeah. bunny of action. And then more stuff happened. But sensible Lucas mm. is fine in a zombie apocalypse. Yep. He is he, is, he is not getting bitten, he is crawling in a he hole is somewhere just, being safe. He's just
0: leaving, he's peacing out, exactly.
1: he's good. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and as short as like that like that was really good, it's like, Oh, I Actually that happened when I was playing the the Hamlet adaptation to be or not to yeah, be right. as well because I did I didn't do the mistakes. I thought what happens if I don't do any of the mistakes Hamlet made? What if I don't do the thing what if I'm not you know, suspicious of suspicious of everyone? What if I just be sensible? You know what happens? He doesn't go mad, everything gets sorted out with words. No one dies, and that's one ending. <laughs> and I think I played through most of the endings in the game yeah. by the end of it. But more, I was like, and I even tried. It's like I want to try, and I guess because it's more of a comedy book, it does subvert yeah. Hamlet. Does it these and also the, the these adventure game um, game uh, game book tropes? And so I tried really hard to get what was actually happened in Hamlet to happen, and I. Couldn't. Okay. I tried, and somehow I ended up in court, <laughs> trying to, you know. I was like, "This." Well, you this can team.
2: actually, if you follow the little in the options, there's like a little Yorick skull. And if you follow all the Yorick skulls through the story, it follows the actual play there as closely as possible.
0: <laughs> How did I miss that? You were too yeah. sensible.
1: I was too. I was too sensible I just went from the start. <laughs> You're like, like,
0: I'm not going to do, do that, What would Hamlet bro. do?
2: And then oh, I need to reinstall the game now. <laughs> We had a really interesting. Uh, we we do a few Twitch streams with mm. a few um, different people. And there's this one guy that did a Twitch a Twitch stream of our game, A Point with Fear, which is a superhero book. Yeah, I've that um, one. And uh, so he, what he did, all the people watching the stream got to vote on what oh, the, the choices. Choice. Yeah. And so it was you know a good few hours long, but all the all the votes were coming in as really boring choices, and it's just like. I, the the superhero would never actually change the superhero and go and save anybody. They would just <laughs> stay at work all the time, <laughs> and so it, it became running a running joke that we should just rename the book "Appointment with Work." Yeah, like <laughs> so. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sure good. I
1: did some. Even I did some superhero stuff when I played that, mm. and, I, and I was like, I, maybe I went right into it. It's like I'm gonna be a hero. Yeah, no, I would just stay at that desk. Yeah, exactly because it's make because because you, you know when you watch these. It's often in horror movies hmm. or something. like, "Why would you do that? That is obviously the wrong decision." There is no reason in a real that. world <laughs> you wouldn't do that. And then you get the decision in, a, in the game book, and you do that. And guess what? Less exciting it's things happen. Sensible. It's sensible. Nothing exciting, really exciting, happens. Obviously, because you've been sensible. See, there's an, and the, go punch someone.
0: There's an interesting question that arises from this, and that is the idea of false choice and mm. the idea that if and this is a thing that's been critiqued to high heaven from games to, mm. to adventure books and everything and the idea is that um, sometimes w- uh, you can give a, a player or reader, depending how you call them, uh, you give them the idea that something happens but really just loops back to another another choice uh, and sometimes that choice um, is irrelevant to what happens uh, at the mm. end of the story Yep, is that something that's I suppose you try and edit yourself from. So, yeah, that's a really interesting point.
2: And it's something that, it's a thing we wrestle with all the time because ultimately you cannot have every choice lead to every choice, uh, to multiple choices it's not that lead to. Because otherwise we'd be writing a book forever. Yeah. So you do have what we call bottlenecks where things feed back in. Mm-hmm. And, and, but one of the ways we've tried to combat that is by adding in levels of agency. To the choice and we have a a system in our technology called filters Mm -hmm. so a good example of that would be for example let's say you're in a bar and you meet somebody and you get chatting to that person and you're making choices of of what you're the questions you're asking that person let's say during the course of the conversation the person at the bar tells you that their daughter is has been unwell in Mm. in hospital it's a piece of information it doesn't impact the, the the story the narrative yeah and let's say the story then goes on and you meet this person later on yeah we have the ability now to place a filter in there which just says something along the lines of so if you ask that question if you find out that information a piece of a little piece of information gets picked up in the code yeah. that says i know that the daughter has been unwell right then when you meet that person later on we can just insert a little line into the conversation that just goes oh how's your daughter by the way yeah and by adding those little moments of of um uh, it, it gives it th- basically the the reader feels like they own the story mm. because they've got that information, they experience that, and the narrative is unfolding, yeah, for them mm-hmm. based on their choices. Right. And that's a really powerful thing that I think you know we try and we've tried to do a lot more in our more recent releases, and we'll do a lot more in the future. Mm. So it's not necessarily about the choices itself, it's about giving the, the reader the feeling that that's theirs, they own that, yeah. Um, and I think that's the most important thing, it's that agency of, yeah.
0: Fantastic, Lucas. Mm. Any final comments?
1: We're near the end already. Yes, it has been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. Um, I like thought. Um, wonder what your thoughts are about the um more recent kind of nev- other narrative hev- heavy games, your Telltale stuff, and your your um stuff like Gone Home and and that which are telling which are. Also very much non-traditional games, but
2: with uh, the main focus is telling the story. Yeah, I mean, all of those things are great. Um, Some more so than others. And I think, look, it's again, it's people wrestling with that thing which is interactive fiction and trying to make it as accessible Mm -hmm. as possible and try and do new things with it and take it in new directions. We've chosen to stay more traditional a lot of the time, but other people do Clever and interesting mm-hmm. things with it, and I think long may that continue. Really, yeah. yeah. Um, I, th- I sometimes think some things look like there's a lot more going on than there actually is. Like I agree. Telltale sometimes can uh, wow you with its visuals and stuff mm-hmm. when actually, and I look in there and I think, wow, that's not as complex yeah. as ours.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, well, no. Story-wise, it it, it isn't. It's because mm. um, what they've gone is they've evolved from your point-and-click adventure. Yeah. Point and click adventure games to where you've kind of they've streamlined it, so it's not so much that it's a more complicated tale. They're not telling a more complex tale. They're just telling one, but without, I guess, what's what's the word with better pacing with yeah, and and I think that's one thing I like better that you're not you're not having to take half an hour on a hard, hard puzzle to get to your next bit of story, mm. which I know it's not that kind of thing is all for everyone, but you're right. It's not like in terms of the changes, it's more smaller things than, I mean, there are the big moments, but you know, it's the big moment. It's the big moment mm. that, that, okay, this is going to change the story. Yeah. Um, p- and, and it's possibly less lo- noticeable yeah. when there's more, but it's still its own kind of. Thing.
0: I think I think Telltale and that style of story uh, errs on the side of a linear story with branching paths that end in a, a very small number of endings. I think that's a better
1: way of putting it. It is yeah. um, far more
0: linear. It's a it's a very linear story, story. and they want to tell their story, um, and they want you to experience it, but experience it in perhaps branching paths. Mm. And I think that's good. Um, I certainly think it's... If you like the story they're trying to tell, then you like the game. Yeah. If you want to tell your own story through that, you, you just can't. It's just not that. Mm. Um, and I think uh, on another on another basis of how um, uh, The Chinese Room um, does its production in uh, Amnesia the second one anyway can't, i can't remember the subtitle and also in the um everyone's gone to the rapture yeah. there's a sense that and i hate to be critical here but it's the idea that uh, in my opinion when we talk about games as um we're looking at something that's interactive <laughs> and uh unlike a game book adventure which is it's more book and you can you can interact with that but I think when you try and do that in a sense of, uh, in, in everyone's gone to the rapture. It's an idea of you are an observer, and the interactivity is sort of unnecessary. Mm. Um, it could just be a screen that shows you these things, and you move on. And they might be good experiences for people. But the idea is that you are not actually interacting with it's anything kind of or two different mediums,
1: things. kind of meeting the middle different ways. So yeah. you got Telltale, tell Chinese Room, etc. Starting at games, I am heading more towards. I agree. Book yeah. or movie. Whereas you have game books, which are books heading more towards games.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, and for me, it's, it's a progression where I, in, in my opinion, I appreciate the game book more than I do mm. the game that favors narrative. And it's weird mm. for me to say because I'm a writer and I mm. you'd think I would like story. But if I look at DRS and I say, I could watch this on a screen, then what's the point in interacting with mm. it? It leaves you with no we've also for- forgotten the other little bubble here that mm. crosses this venn diagram yeah. which
2: is dungeons and dragons yeah exactly the pen and paper is, yeah, yeah wow. which is basically tabletop storytelling live tabletop story which is basically what game books are yeah. um but in a in a different way yeah that's so, right
0: because i guess pen and paper in one way is the the story that can go any way you yeah. want yeah. in fact our latest uh, game book that we're working on
2: we've actually got metal miniatures yes this is the warlock yeah warlock of Firetop mountain yep. yeah
0: um, so we're actually taking it right back to the tabletop which is really exciting really. fantastic yeah. well it's been great to have you on Neil thank you why don't you tell where people can find you in social media and Tin Man Games
2: yeah well we're at Timmangames.com.au is our blog which isn't updated as much as I'd like um, you can also find me on Twitter at, at Timman and we have a Facebook group funnily enough called Tim Man Games. Um, there you go
0: so yeah fantastic Lucas what have you got coming up and where can people find you
1: what have we got coming up? Nothing. <laughs> uh, no, we, there's going to the be... Uh, the yeah, creative Well, stew. there's going to be some change to the morning bell. Yep. Uh, redoing websites and such and such. So that will be... That's starting to be in the works. Mm-hmm. There'll be notices. You'll notice when, say, the website is gone, and then it's back somewhere, and then it's back. Uh, um, and you can find me at at LucasDeQuinzio... Learn to spell it yourself.
0: <laughs> it's not that complicated. No. People will get it. Um, for, for a name you can spell even easier, it's at the pen of Joel. There you go on Twitter. Um, you can find what I do there. I'm basically tweeting about the podcast. That's pretty much it. Um, and I'm falling into a habit where I'm tweeting about my daily activities, which is kind of a bit scary now. Oh my
1: God. I know.
0: <laughs> I'm falling, Lucas. You got to pull me back out from the. Stop talking darkness. about breakfast. I haven't done that yet. There will be a time when that happens. Um, so to follow my ramblings, you can follow me there or um dot com for the Morning Bell. You can follow them at dot net and at the Morning Bell on Twitter. There's a dash in the name somewhere.
1: I think it's after the, the Facebook. Our Facebook group, The Morning Bell, is the best way to find us. We do not look at them Twitter that much. There
0: you go. I look at Twitter for you. You're better off contacting
1: one of us (laughs) with your grievances.
0: That's right. Or praises. That's right. You can tweet at us. You can talk to us about the podcast. Or tweet to us. Be nice. And compliment us on our brilliant accents and getting someone who's English onto the podcast. Thank you for filling that quote, Neil. No problem. (laughs) All right. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. See you. We'll see you on the next episode. (laughs) Have a good
3: one.